another episode of Product Thinking. I am Kyle Evans. This week and this month, we are wrapping up July, talking about being overconfident, getting stupider, and banning NFTs, our monthly wrap. So another month has passed, another host of great articles, great listens, great books, and other interesting finds. So here's what you may have missed uh, over this past month. So first up, uh, some of the articles and posts and podcasts from product thinking from our discussions here, how to be wrong and overconfident. This is one of my favorite articles and podcasts that I've done in a little while. Uh, If you missed it uh, last time, while many of us have been humbled plenty in our professional lives, we can still take certain steps to bolster our overconfidence and ensure that no matter how wrong we are, we can still be more wrong and even more confident about that. So check that one out from last week's newsletter and podcast, How to Be Wrong and Overconfident. Uh, Still love that one. Another one, Camping Trips and Creating Products. This one from a few weeks ago. We do a, a lot of camping each summer, so it's probably no surprise that my thoughts turn to it each year and find parallels between camping and building products. Uh, Quoting from that one, camping trips are each a learning experience. So are each time we create a new feature or new product. We add to the tools we have in our packs and the experience we can draw on for using those tools in the field. So check that one out. You know, some of the parallels from creating camping trips and creating products. And finally, from uh, earlier this month, the book review, Build by Tony Fidel. Uh, This is now one of my new favorite books about building products, uh, building teams and companies. Uh, Quoting from that one, I can't write about all the advice in the new book, Build, an Unorthodox Guide to Making Things Worth Making, but I highly recommend it to anyone interested in building products, no matter where you are in your career, just starting out, or CEO, there's something for you. So we wrote about that one uh, the very beginning of the month in our book review, and that's just, it's an absolutely great book. It's definitely at the top of my list now for books about making products, Uh, companies and teams and and all of the like. So those are the articles and podcasts from this month. Uh, It was a great, I think a great month for some of the posts from product thinking. So definitely check those out in podcast form or the newsletter form at productthinking.cc. Some other interesting reads, both long reads and short reads from this month. And you can, of course, check these out in the newsletter, and I've got the links there, and you can check that out in the show notes. The video game industry was hot on NFTs, then came hacks, and a market meltdown. A really interesting article and long read, and I've I've got some other links in this one as well to uh, some other articles. So gaming platforms are taking stances against NFTs generally. There are some strong opinions on both sides. So some have, have been embracing NFTs, while others like Steam and Minecraft have both come out against NFTs on their platforms. So quoting from this article, 
NFTs are polarizing. NFTs entered the cultural mainstream in 2021 as a novel method of determining ownership of digital property using blockchain technology. As cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ether skyrocketed to all-time highs, newly minted crypto millionaires began speculating on NFT digital art. The question gaming companies are trying to work out now is how to best use the tech. First, there's a soft integration where players can own digital goods like costumes or weapons. As NFTs, instead of leasing them from merchants like Epic Games, as is currently the case. Then there's the play to earn or PDE model, where blockchain assets that have value outside the game, such as cryptocurrencies, are earned via gameplay. Interesting take, a bunch of links in that as well you can check out uh, on the current state of NFTs and gaming. I, I think it's an interesting area to, to be thinking about, obviously. Uh, next up, uh, cyber attacks have nearly doubled since last year, a report says. So anecdotally, I keep getting text messages from our, quote, CEO asking if I have a minute for an urgent item and to text him back. I'm not sure what the scam is or if it, if it is, in fact, our CEO who really is in need of something urgently and who's not hitting me up on Slack since I've actually never responded to the series of text messages that I've been getting. But we definitely know that attacks are on the rise. And I've included an interesting graphic from that article uh, showing that you know attacks have been increasing uh, dramatically from 2019 to 2020 to 2021. Uh, quoting from that article, a recent analysis by Fraudbuster and cybersecurity company Sion found that cyber attacks have nearly doubled since last year. Given that the number of people using the internet worldwide is creeping upward quite slowly by comparison, that means the odds that you'll be affected are increasing rapidly. It's time to double check your security settings. Uh, that's definitely the truth. And I think anecdotally, we all have been seeing that uh, cybersecurity attacks have been increasing and will probably continue to increase. So definitely check that one out. And another article, The Standards Innovation Paradox. Uh, I thought this was a great article on the pros and cons of standards with email, messaging, podcast, and so on, kind of going into the history of standards in all of these areas and what some of the benefits and drawbacks of them are. So quoting from this one, technical standards are awesome. Standards help teams save time and money by giving them a common language for how their products can interact with other products, illuminating the need to build each component within a market or redefine how systems communicate with each other. Despite the benefit of standards-based products being able to reach an audience faster, the trade-off is that a lower barrier to entry means more products get created in a category, causing market fragmentation and ultimately a slow pace of innovation. So obviously there's trade-offs and we know that from all of the products that we see. A closed ecosystem can obviously innovate faster, but then nobody outside that ecosystem gets the benefits of those innovations. So SMS as a standard is very, very good because everybody can participate, but then the innovation that happens with, within SMS or, or text messaging is very, very slow. Whereas something like iMessage uh, for Apple 
and they can innovate very, very quickly. But if you're not within the Apple ecosystem, you don't get to have those benefits. So interesting article. Definitely check that one out. And finally, Netflix loses almost a million subscribers. Uh, Everybody's been talking about it. The headline has dominated news for a bit. Netflix has been making some interesting decisions as it has faced this new reality, including tightening account usage, no more password sharing, and allowing advertising. From a business and product perspective, these are the types of these are the types of things that rapid growth always hide. But eventually everyone has to deal with whether it's early or later. So Interesting. Um, quoting from this, after enjoying a long reign as the king of streaming, Netflix faces a tough fight to keep its crown. It lost almost a million subscribers between April and July as more people decided to quit the service. And we've definitely been seeing an uptick in other services like Disney Plus, HBO Max, and others. So it'll be interesting to watch, interesting to see the product decisions. Uh, that get made based on some of those things. So those are some of the interesting uh, reads to check out. Uh, Some other interesting listens uh, from this past month. So solving problems and developing apps, a conversation with Dan Hafner. So this is on my other podcast, Product by Design. I spoke with Dan Hafner, a mobile app creator and entrepreneur who helps other businesses and entrepreneurs create apps and solve problems. We talked about focusing on meaningful problems, thinking through the user experience, no code solutions, who benefits from creating a mobile app. It was just a really great conversation. So definitely check that one out on Product by Design. So the other podcast that I do or one of the other podcasts that I do. Is social media making our society stupid? Uh, This was another podcast and answering that question, I think we can say yes. (laughs) Social media pushes us toward performative media rather than actual connection and has probably been worse for society rather than beneficial. And this was a really good listen and was accompanied by an article as well. So quoting from this, uh, Jonathan Haidt is a professor of ethical leadership at NYU's Stern Business School and author of a number of books, including The Coddling of the American Mind. His recent story in The Atlantic, Why the Past 10 Years of American Life Have Been Uniquely Stupid, sparked a debate about whether social media was bad for society and how we know for sure. So definitely check out that conversation. I thought it was really interesting. So another podcast, uh, Epsilon Theory on Tape, Hollow Men, Hollow Markets, Hollow World. So I guess this is kind of a theme of podcasts I'm listening to, how our leaders are stealing from our future, creating the tools that are hurting us, uh, like social media, and then watching the world burn from their mansions or towers. Uh, It's a little bit infuriating, and we shouldn't continue to allow it. So the previous podcast on social media, this one on uh, stealing uh, our wealth from the future. So quoting from it, over the past 25 years, our leaders have intentionally constructed an apocalypse now world of proclamation and fiat, where our wealth has grown much faster than our economy. The bill is due for their hubris and inflation is here to collect it. So interesting listen, an interesting thing to think about on how inflation 
is definitely impacting us and will continue to impact us and, and what that looks like. So some other interesting things, some books that I have been reading. So the first one, Migraine, Inside a World of Invisible Pain. This one by Maria Konnikova. I, I thoroughly enjoy uh, her work. Uh, her Another book by her, The Biggest Bluff, is one of my favorites still and definitely worth a read if you haven't if you haven't checked that one out. As a migraine sufferer since childhood, I, I really enjoyed this brief history of migraine and where the current research is. I think that the stigma is still there on migraine. Uh, fortunately, I've found treatment that is a godsend for me, but know exactly what it's like to suffer for days without treatment. Um, quoting from this, migraine a disease that is still little understood, yet debilitating to its sufferers. Uh, Konakova takes a clear-eyed look at migraine's history, diving into current theories and more recent approaches, and offers a deeply personal account of what it's like to experience migraine, usually with little warning and always to a level that is devastating to a degree. Uh, it definitely resonates with me. So if you suffer from, mig from migraine or know someone who does, uh, it's definitely an interesting one to check out. And another book, a relatively short one as well, The Magic Christian. It, it was a fun read. Uh, sometimes I feel like uh, billionaires are doing the same thing, just not as blatantly. It, it's kind of an irreverent book. Totally, totally fun. And, you know, why not when money can keep you out uh, or keep you clear anyway. Um, so this is about a billionaire who just determines that he's going to use his money to make it hot for people and just uh, play sometimes funny games with people or sometimes like, you know, play really dirty tricks on people. Uh, so quoting from this one, uh, a little bit about it, determined to make it hot for people. Grand, the billionaire, spends his billion staging a series of of hilarious, sometimes bewildering stunts, lampooning along the way the American holy cows of money, status, power, beauty, media, and stardom. Concocting deliciously perverse mayhem, he throws a million one hundred dollar bills into an enormous vat of steaming offal, proving just what people will do for money. And he promotes a new silky shampoo that turns hair to wire and a deodorant that becomes a time-release stench bomb, and, and other all sorts of other stuff like this. And like I said, sometimes I feel like the the wealthy of our time are, are doing somewhat of the same thing, just possibly not as blatantly to us. So finally, some other interesting finds. Uh, Barney, this one is uh, Barney Willen or Wylan French Ballads. Uh, this is... Uh, a vinyl record that I have. So I actually ordered a different record and inside what inside the sleeve uh, was actually this one. So it was, it was the wrong album. Um, and I didn't realize it until I had it on my record player and it clearly wasn't the one I was expecting, but we let it play and enjoyed what according to uh, the internet is a synthesis of jazz and French chanson. Uh, and it was nice to find some unexpected music, to break out of the algorithms and get exposed to something that I wouldn't have otherwise listened to. So anyway, if you're interested in kind of a synthesis of, of jazz and French music, check out Barney Willen and his French ballads. It, I found it interesting and soothing and uh, a nice 
a nice unexpected album. So check that one out. Again, you can check out the newsletter at productthinking.cc. This is kind of a wrap of this month's newsletters and other interesting reads and listens, books and music. And you can check out uh, all of this wherever you get podcasts as well. Follow us, follow us on Twitter, product thinking at product thinking, just one T in the middle. You can follow me as well at Kyle Larry Evans. And until next time, 